So is there anything uh, important going on this week? Anybody got any plans? No? Guys, we have a lot that we want to talk about this morning. We have a lot that we want to speak into. Most importantly, we have a lot we want to pray about, thank the Lord for, and so many reasons to worship. But before we dive in, if you would give me the liberty of just a couple of minutes to handle some family business. First of all, today is November 1st, which means we are knee deep into our uh, Christmas service projects. Now, we've got a lot of different opportunities to serve our community, one of which every year we partner with the rest of the congregations in our family of churches to distribute Christmas Christmas gift boxes to areas of need throughout our city. This year, we're going to be doing four separate types of boxes. We're going to be distributing food boxes. We're going to be distributing hygiene boxes. We're going to be distributing boxes of winter clothing and boxes of school supplies. If you want to know more information on how you can get involved in that and other service projects during this holiday season, you can find all the information online. You can contact Travis directly, and he can give you some guidance and some details. And you're going to have more details in our weekly email that comes out every Wednesday. If you don't get that email, let us know. Just text Lachlan to 623-623. We'll make sure we get you signed up on that list. Secondly, those of you that came in on Holly Street... You may have noticed across the street on our land, there is a brand new sign. It says this, coming soon, the community grove presented by the church at Lachlan Springs. That's us. We have an unbelievable opportunity to bless our community, to bless our neighborhood, and to bless our congregation with our land that we own right across Holly Street. On November 21st, which is three weeks from yesterday, we're going to take the first step in creating a public space, a space for our congregation, a space for our friends and neighbors just to come and gather and be and reflect and pray. And step one is the planting of trees on that land that will create a grove that's going to last for generations. If you want information on that tree planting event on November 21st, you can find it online. It'll be in the email that comes out on Wednesdays. If you don't get that email, text Lachlan to 623-623, and we'll make sure to get you on it. You can contact me. You can contact Travis. I know all of that is strange to start a service with. But this year is strange. I know that's not news to you. 2020 is just different. Between natural disasters, tornadoes and hurricanes that seemingly happen every single week and global pandemics and escalating civil tensions, all of which there is kind of this underlying current This constant specter of what is the most contentious election cycle, at least in my lifetime. Now, I know we we feel like we say that every single election cycle, every four years. This is the most important one that's ever been. This is the hardest one. This is the most contentious one. But this year, it just, it feels different, doesn't it? There's just, there's 
there's something in the air, kind of this growing amorphous, vague anxiety, this underlying fear that the scales are about to tip, the fate of our nation hangs in the balance. And everything's going to come to a head this week. That's, that's the sense that we have. If the other side wins, however you define the other side, if the other side wins, everything's going to unravel. Don't mind me. <laughs> that was my wife, by the way. <laughs> this year, maybe even more so than any other year, it's not even this fear of if the other side wins, everything may unravel. There's this fear of if the other side doesn't win, what's going to happen? I don't know how they're going to react. And guys, I'm saying this no matter which side you happen to fall on in this particular, particular election cycle. There is just this fear that, that, that we sense that, that I haven't experienced in the past. This year, maybe more than ever, many of us are asking ourselves, as a Christ follower, what is my role? As someone that self-identifies as a Christ follower, what should my relationship with this election, with our government be? Now, the good news is, like everything else that we face, 2020 may be different, the details may be a bit unique, but the issues are not. As Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, and this book cover to cover, the living, breathing, we, the living breathing word of God, addresses every single issue we face, and it is chock full of guidance on our role as Christ followers our relationship with governing authorities. In many places throughout the scriptures, we're, we're taught about submission and what that looks like. Jesus himself, as he is standing quite literally on trial in front of the human authorities, having been falsely accused, John 19 reminds them and reminds us, the only reason you have any authority here is because the ultimate authority, God the Father, allows you to. That sentiment is echoed by Paul, Romans 13. Submit to all human governing authorities because the only way they exist is by the express written consent of the ultimate authority, God the Father. 1 Peter says the exact same thing. 1 Peter chapter 2. Submit to all governing authorities. He goes, he goes even a step further. He says, yes, you have freedom in Christ, but submit as a free person because you're also a slave to God. Love and honor all people. Love those that know Christ. Love those that are yet to know Christ. Honor Caesar, fear God. None of that is new to most of you. I also recognize this morning 
that for many of us, none of that relieves this underlying anxiety and fear and confusion and anger that has been building up and building up and building up. All right, Hannah, I get it. The Bible tells us that we are to submit. I don't understand it, but I see that it's there. But it doesn't help. Paul speaks directly into that in his first letter to his protege, Timothy. Now, we just spent two months walking through Paul's second letter to Timothy. If you guys remember, Timothy was Paul's beloved child in the faith. Paul mentored him. Paul discipled him. Paul then eventually put Timothy in a leadership position, the small group of believers in Ephesus, a church that Paul had helped to plant years before. Now, when Paul is writing this letter, not only is Ephesus a difficult place to minister, but globally, the known world at the time was experiencing some, some serious unrest. The government in Rome was allowing, even encouraging, a great deal of aggression and persecution towards Christians. Nero was the emperor. He loved to use the Christians as a scapegoat. They were an easy population to blame whenever anything went wrong. So there was persecution that had reached a scary and even horrifying level. Can you imagine being a believer at the time and thinking, okay, it's hard enough to lead this small group of believers. It's hard enough to be a pastor. It's hard enough to be a small group leader. It's hard enough to be a Christ follower. But at the same time, I constantly have to be looking over my shoulder. Because every single day, it's getting worse. And next time, it might be me on that cross. It might be me at the guillotine. It might be me lit on fire to light a garden party. First Timothy chapter 2. If you guys have your Bibles with you, I would love for you to turn with me. As Paul speaks to Timothy directly into this anxiety and fear and confusion. I'm going to read 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 7. Paul writes, First of all, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Specifically, Paul says, for kings and all those who are in authority. So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed a herald, an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. Timothy, I know you're scared. I know you're anxious. I know you're a little bit confused. I urge you daily. 
prayers, petitions, intercessions, thanksgiving for all of those that are in authority, for all of the kings, for all of those that have any sort of earthly power over you so that you may have peace, so that you may live a quiet and tranquil tranquil life. Because that's pleasing to God. And because the ultimate goal is so that everyone comes to know God. Because he is the one truth. He's the one real authority. And there's only one way to him, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as a ransom for all. Now, as we read this passage in Paul's letter to Timothy, we often read it as pray for our leaders. Pray for our government so that they may bring peace and tranquility. I want you to remember who Paul was talking about. The leaders, those in authority, Nero on the throne. The one that Paul said, submit to authority. The one that Peter said, submit to authority. The exact same authority that eventually separated Paul's head from his shoulders. The exact same authority that eventually crucified Peter upside down. That authority, those kings, they did not bring a life of peace and tranquility. They did not create an environment that led people to God. That is not what Paul was asking Timothy to pray for. Pray for your leaders. They exist because God allows them to exist. It is not the leaders that are going to bring you peace of your spirit. It is the prayer. Let me say that again. We don't pray for our leaders so that they bring us peace. We pray for our leaders so that we might have peace. Because in those prayers, those prayers allow us to release any fallacy of control. so that we may recognize God's sovereignty, the ultimate authority, the one who is on the throne. In those prayers for our leaders, it allows us to release this growing anger that continues to divide the body and promotes unity. In those prayers for our leaders, it allows us to release this this vague underlying anxiety that controls our spirit so that we may find peace. We cannot hope to find the peace of God when we seek our satisfaction in the things of man. You ask, what is our role? What is our role on Tuesday? What is our role on Wednesday? What is our role in December? What is our role in 2021? What is our role? Our role is to pray. And it is those prayers that bring us the peace that we so desperately seek, this peace of God that fills our spirit. And that is exactly what we are going to do this morning. This morning is 
different. This morning, we are going to spend the rest of our time together. Those of us that are gathered in this place, those of us that are watching online, we're going to spend time in three cycles of prayer and scripture followed by worship. We're going to spend 45 minutes praying, reading scripture, and worshiping. Seeking the peace and tranquility of the ultimate authority, the one who sits on the throne. So right now, as our worship team comes forward and begins to prepare to lead us in worship, I want you to take a moment. Find a posture that, that allows you to focus. Put your feet firmly on the floor. Make yourself comfortable. Many of us actually will open our hands in a posture of receiving. And now take a moment just to get here. Take a moment to be in this place. Go ahead, think about your lunch plans they're taken care of. Titans game is going to be fine. Your fantasy football lineup is okay. Deal with all of that and get to this place. And now address any barriers that stand between you and your creator this morning. Those mental, emotional hurdles that you just haven't quite broken through. Release the fallacy of control. Those things that you're holding on to with white knuckles. now in prayer and petition thanksgiving pray for our leaders those now and those to come from national offices all the way down to local authorities
Now take a moment to celebrate the one true authority, the sovereign God, the creator of the universe, the creator and the lover of your soul. Lord, this morning we come to you confessing our fears. our anger, our anxiety. We pray for those authorities that you have allowed to be in place. And we recognize your ultimate authority. We pray all this in your son's precious name.